Well, hello guys, this is Carolyn with Soaring Life Radio podcast number 28, where physical therapy, nutrition, and lifestyle meet, because how you live your life determines whether or not you soar, inspiring you with information and actionable steps steps so you can reduce pain, optimize healing, and improve function naturally at work, at home, in life, and especially during recovery from injury surgery or painful conditions. This is a podcast for the open-minded, obstinate need not apply. So welcome back. Today we're going to be talking about um, improving patient or client child adherence um, to um, your treatment strategy or your instructions if you're a parent. Um, I'm going to start with talking about a book I read about a year ago called Better Than Before by Gretchen Rubin. Um, You can find out more about this book and Gretchen Rubin at GretchenRubin.com. I believe I'll just double check the website. So Gretchen, G-R-E-T-C-H-E-N-R-U-B-I-N.com. And she, in that book, developed in her own personal exploration of Um, becoming better than you were before or making habit changes. And she's also coming out with a new book related to this topic. Uh, Gosh, I think in a few days. At any rate, I'm bringing this up because in this book, she talks about um, the four tendencies framework, of which is very uh, similar to many of the things you may have been traditionally um, introduced to, um, you know, in physical therapy school about understanding uh, personality types and what sort of education or things work best with different types of personalities. Um, What I think Gretchen did an amazing job at, of which I think is really important for those of us in healthcare with our traditional educations, is making it seem understandable, it's easy to use, um, and it makes sense. So she took a lot of complicated information and research and put it into a framework that um, seems to make sense. And she talks about four personal tendencies. Um, and I'm going to briefly go over them as um, that most that every one of us has our own dominant tendency. So there's the upholder, the questioner, the obliger, and the rebel. Clearly, like with all of these things, there is some overlap of course, but the upholder is somebody who tends to meet both outer and inner expectations. So they will do what is expected of them and what they expect of themselves. There's the obliger, the most um, popular or the most has the largest number of people in there, but obligers, which is a majority of our population, they meet outer expectations, but they resist inner expectations. So they'll do what they have to do if they are made accountable to something outside of themselves, but they often are have a hard time following through with their own personal goals without that external accountability. There is the questioner where the questioner will resist the outer expectation and meet inner expectations, but really will um, meet the expectation if it makes sense based on their judgment. And if it doesn't make sense, they won't do it. So that type of person needs a lot of data and information. And then there is the rebel, which I think um, may be one of the most challenging personality types for any clinician, um, healthcare provider, or even... Um, 
apparent, right? Because the rebel is going to resist outer expectations and resist inner expectations. They want to do what they want in their own way. And if you tell them to do something, they're less likely to do it. Um, on her website, she has a, I think it's a 13 point questionnaire of which you can determine what your personal tendency is. Now, the reason why I bring this up is recently <clears throat> there was an article or a position statement that was, that was performed using these four tendencies framework. And it was, can treatment adherence be improved by using Rubin's four tendencies framework to understand a patient's response to expectations? And this was done um, by some pediatricians um, in the UK, um, Switzerland, and um, health psychology, as well as um, Gretchen Rubin. And what's interesting is that since reading that book and taking that questionnaire myself personally, I discovered not only more about myself and to be able to determine how to be successful at certain things, but I've really started to include it either unofficially by observing a patient's behavior or my own child's behavior or another child's behavior, um, but that it has shown that understanding that has increased the success in making specific changes with clients, patients, and even behaviors within our family um, as it relates to health and wellness and recovery. And it's an interesting question, and I've shared this with as many healthcare providers as possible, and parents and teachers, for heaven's sakes, that you wonder if our failure in medicine or in our ability to teach people is that we're not tailoring the approach to specific personalities. Now, I'm not saying that, um, you know, we have to do five different things all of the time for, you know, four different things for four different people. But, you know, if you're really trying to make an impact and a change, having this understanding seems reasonable to me to um, make a, a habit change. So this position paper, um, I will post a link of this paper um, in the notes of the podcast so you can refer to it later. Um, and they refer to patient adherence versus compliance because it the word adherence um, in the real wor world relates to a person's ability um, to translate their treatment program and that there is a mutual back and forth between the provider and, and the patient. And so it's a significant hurdle as anyone who is in healthcare or even parenting, that it's a significant hurdle to get your children to do the things you know they need to do or to get them to get their homework done or even a patient to follow through with a home program that you know will help them, but that they're not following through with that. Um, there are lots of reasons. They discuss reasons that might affect adherence. Um, either uh, it, the treatment strategy is too complicated. It may be related to the home environment. It may be related to the provider-patient um, relationship or the information that's pr provided. What's interesting is that they discuss a survey that looked at the described responses given by patients about the causes of their non-adherence. It included forgetfulness, 30%, pri other priorities, 16%, dose emission, 11%, a lack of information, 9%, and emotional factors, 7%. 7%. But what's interesting is that the other second highest 
um, reason for non-adherence to a treatment strategy um, was that they didn't provide a reason at all. And you have to wonder if some of this could be improved with an understanding of the psychological models for um, understanding these personal tendencies. Uh, this article talks a little bit about emotional interviewing. Motivational interviewing effectively can improve adherence. Um, but that this idea of these Rubens four tendencies allows the movement toward talking about adherence being a two-way process where, you know, the healthcare provider is involved in a positive way and there's a positive relationship, but that you're, as a healthcare provider, the sole purpose is try to help guide that patient into the behavior or the habits or the changes that will improve their condition. And so although um, it does require a little extra step, and I remember having to take abnormal psychology before going to physical therapy school, and for sure on, on my journey of health and wellness, the more and more I appreciate the role of the psychology in creating habit change, the more successful I am able to become. Um, and so this Ruben, um, Ruben's tendency quiz, um, focuses primarily on two kinds of expectations, the outer expectations that others place on us to meet a work deadline or keep an appointment or an inner expectation that we place on ourselves, like to keep a new year's resolution. Um, and like I mentioned, those four, you've got the upholder, obliger, rebel, and questioner. Now, this questionnaire that she has for free on her website is not um, like a validated questionnaire. And I know healthcare providers get really buggy about that. Um, but she has been trying to collect some data based on um, gender, age, and what she's found as far as a population. And she's collected information on 1,500, 1,564 in 2016, that 41% of folks are obligers, the questioner is 24%, upholders 19%, and the rebel is 17%. So uh, depending on that, what your dominant tendency is would indicate as a healthcare provider or a parent trying to stimulate a change that say for a questioner, um, a question of tendency that they would likely require more reasons and explanations in order to an accept an expectation and that they would resist anything that seemed um, nonspecific or inefficient or unjustified. So data, research, information um, about the how and the why would be important for the questioner. If your dominant obliger tendency, they will readily meet an ex outer expectations, but they would struggle to meet their inner expectation. And so they're going to be more likely to stick to your recommendations if you provide them with an outside accountability structure by monitoring checkups, phone calls, or even certain group strategies um, of which it seems like this makes sense to why there's so much success with um, like the P90, P90X drive or um, all of those fitness where there's an expectation to show up and people are keeping track of each other and they have accountability groups. Um, now the, see, what was the upholder is like the upholder tendency would be likely to be able to um, meet the expectations of 
a healthcare provider or or a parent, um, and that they would more easily adhere to a treatment so long as it um, within reason and made sense. So if they decided they were going to do something, they would readily do it with or without an external expectation. The rebel tendency is maybe your trickiest, the dominant rebel tendency is the trickiest one to to treat and maybe provide you the most um, difficult um, patient outcomes. And with that, I'm going to pause for just... Okay, I'm back again. Just had to take a quick break there for a second. All right, so we were talking about the rebel tendency and how they might be your most difficult um, patient or child to parent um, because they have a spirit of resistance. They want the independence through their own actions. And so they want freedom to be emphasized. And so if you are working with a patient or a client, it's all about giving them choices where they have the choice and the consequence of either choice, but that they're in, they're the ones that are in control versus nagging or reminding or triggering their spirit of resistance. Um, and that promoting them as, as their behaviors, as their identity through their actions. So they respond to reminders of this is a person you choose to be. You choose to be athletic or energetic. There's a quote from the article. Um, So this position paper also discussed that this, the attractiveness of this simple model um, to be applied to medical adherence or patient adherence um, might be an easy intervention strategy um, to promote behavior changes and improved health. And this discusses um, a case study of which there was a mother of a one-year-old boy with a specific disease where they were supposed to be getting a low-protein foods diet and specific supplements three times a day. Um, And that the mother happened to be of the rebel tendency um, and how they redirected the treatment to promote their the improvement of health of the child by giving her options and choices to choose from both of which obviously were okay right um and so they gave her some choices to choose from and as they followed through that the child um, improved and they were able to get the mother to do uh, the things that she needed to do. And so that was one example. I suppose at the end, I think what I like most about this, and um, like I said, this article would be something worth looking into, but Understanding not only yourself will help you help others who have similar personality tendencies, but understanding whom your the personal tendency, the dominant stre- tendency, will help you focus your energies and be more successful. Now, um, both as a parent as a clinician, and I've started to include this questionnaire um, with my health clients um, and even. Um, clients that I'm helping recover from pain states to understand how to also best utilize my time because there's no sense me 
obsessively researching information to give it to somebody who happens to be an obliger. Um, not that they don't need some information, but in order for them to be successful, I need to focus my energy and strategies in a way that promote their success. You know, for me, having information works with my personal tendencies, but not necessarily for someone else. So I'd encourage you to look into that um, and <clears throat> that there are ways to be very successful without much effort and also understanding your children. Um, I took the questionnaire for each one of my kids, you know, filling it out because they're a little bit too young yet to fill it out. And certainly they'd certainly go through phases as they're growing. Um, but it's, you know, you can't make everything the same for all of them. They have to understand the consequences. And I'm not saying you have to do things entirely differently. But if, you're, if your goal is to make a change and you want it to be successful, then catering it a bit to each personality trait um, will improve things in the long run. And I talk about this um, with my children too. Um, things will not always be the same, but they will be equal, right? So one child, if I'm trying to get them to clean up their room, I have to approach it one way versus my upholder child just needs to be told once, you know, and then the series of consequences is entirely different. I can give my upholder child a consequence, but he doesn't need that versus my other child who's more rebel tendencies. I've got to be careful how far I push if the if I'm seeking the desired outcome of cleaning the room and we have to really line out what are your, what is happening, which is going to be your choice, right? Like, am I cleaning your room up and packing everything up into a garbage bag or are you cleaning your stuff up on your own so you can keep your things? And then in the end, he usually makes the right choice, but you know, and it's different even for my daughter. So Anyways, GretchenRubin.com. She has a new book. I will also put the um, article link in the in the notes of the the podcast. But I do think we need to shift. She's shift how we're thinking, and that it, we aren't a one size fits all. Uh, but you can relatively easy cater to different personality types. And for certain, if you have a patient or a child that you're really struggling of getting a behavior change, whatever it is, to promote health or to promote safety, it might be very useful to go check this out. And then you can say, all right, well, that's because I have a questioner child and I really need to load up on some information so they understand the whys behind the, the request. Um, so just make every effort count. Check out that questionnaire. And with that, soar on in life and in recovery.